0: hello and welcome to another episode of the movie podcast my name is shabazz and i'm one of your hosts and alongside me i have anthony hello everyone i was a little too excited and i have daniel hello there oh that's way too excited guys we're bringing
1: we we're trying to bring you
0: up shay we're trying to bring you up to our level how dare you first of all I, I don't need to be on your level. I'm above your level. I'm are on my you? own level. I'm on my own level right he now. The, okay? He has the higher ground, eh? <laughs> the oh, higher ground. Nice, nice callback. Nice call back. Guys, we, we just flew back in from uh, Sundance. How are you guys feeling?
1: Uh great. You know, it was a long it was a long trip from my couch to the living room, but right. it it was worth it. You know, it was a very busy week where I felt like we just were putting out so many reviews on our feed that i'm just like man we didn't we i think we told around 10 movie reviews which mm-hmm. we could have done so many more but we we're just like let's just really focus on the ones that we we really wanted to talk about like what of a what a crazy sundance it was
0: no yeah we wanted we to not be burnt out when we're telling people about all these movies and i also didn't want like the movies to kind of like blend in together. I feel like when you watch too many movies at like a festival, you start to forget what you, even at the 10 or 11 films that we watched, I feel like we watched too many. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. It,
1: feel, it feels like a blur. The last, yeah.
0: uh, the last week feels like a blur. Yeah.
1: yeah Anthony, what about you? Yeah.
2: I really enjoyed Sundance. It's my first time there. I, um, if I were to say like, in terms of rating Sundance, I'd give it like a, a six out of seven, a six out of 10, seven out of 10. <laughs> six um, out of seven. And that's and it's <laughs> not <You're> That's <still? laughs> exciting. Um, and that's just saying. Like again, it, we just went through a year of a lot of movie stoppages, and you know, to have what we got this year is absolutely amazing mm-hmm. at Sundance. And there was quite a bit of films, and I can't wait for South by Southwest. Mm-hmm. Hopefully, we'll get
0: some more content
2: uh, to watch there.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Um, yeah, honestly, again, I had a great experience too. We had a nice I mean, it's not like I can say that we had a week off because that's clearly not the case since we pumped out so many reviews. But it's good to be back to the traditional episodes, and I'm I'm glad that we've got a really good episode today as well. So I'm excited for this one. As always, you can catch a new episode of The Movie Podcast every single Monday across all your favorite podcast services. And if you want to be a part of the show, give us your comments, suggestions, and corrections. Head on over to The Movie Podcast on, uh, uh, sorry, at Twitter and Instagram. Uh, and make sure to write into the show. Let us know what you want to hear and maybe what you want us to do next. Of course, we are still on that mission to hit 200 reviews on Apple Podcasts. So if you get a chance, Please head on over to Apple Podcasts and give us that five stars. If you want to write in a review as well, you're more than welcome to. That also helps the show. And we love reading them, and we also love talking about them too. I will give us an update on how we're doing, but I'm going to hand it over to Daniel for that in just a minute. Before I do that, let's talk about some reviews. Of course, we have WandaVision episode five up right now. Oh man, we talked about this episode for as long as the episode was. It was Yeah, we did. <laughs> yeah, it was such a good episode. Like yeah, I just yeah. I, I'm still think, I watched it again last night. It was so good.
1: What a what a time like the MCU is doing something so special and it's just it's just so cool to see all these pieces in play now. And obviously like we go full spoiler deep um, on that episode. So definitely listen to it, hear our thoughts. Cause we just, we just go in on this episode. Cause there's mm-hmm. so much to, to talk about. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm so happy that WandaVision was the, the, the
2: series that like kickstarted uh, phase four rather than, you know, Black Widow. Cause it just, it just seems right. You know, Black Widow being before, the events that happen in you know avengers this 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 process of of telling this continuous story really mm-hmm. worked well and i think i think they they hit the the nail on the head with releasing wandavision before black widow ever came out
1: mm-hmm. and i think yeah cuz especially cuz we're all at home we're all able to watch it and talk about it every week and speculate about it every week like it's it's really fun uh, to be able to do that. Because, I mean, uh, again, I look back to last summer when like Tenet came out, for example, and I know different time, different different thing. But like the MCU is such collective experience with people talking and reacting to it. I mean, we see those reaction videos from the theaters go viral every few weeks, I feel like on Twitter. But um, look how fractured the conversation was over a movie like Tenet because not a lot of people saw it. And imagine if black widow came out now and most theaters are closed and only some people could talk about and other people weren't able to see it it's it's nice having a collective thing that everybody's
0: talking about Mm -hmm. positively too no exactly and and anthony and daniel you're you're so right it's it's also such a it's such an interesting show and it's a great way to start a phase because obviously we've never had a phase start with a tv show so yeah i'm very very excited um of course, we also have our reviews for Malcolm and Marie. All of our Sundance 2021 movie reviews are also available on the feed. I'm going to kick it over to Daniel for some very exciting updates on our how our podcast reviews are going and a little something something else.
1: So we, you all know we've been we've been working hard trying to hit that 200 five star rating thresholds. Um, Two weeks ago, we were hovering in the mid-50s. Happy to announce today that we've officially crossed the 100 five-star review threshold on Apple Podcasts. So we are currently sitting at 105 five-star reviews on Apple Podcasts, which is absolutely amazing. We are currently on our way to hitting our 200 review goal. But man, like, a hundred reviews is amazing. And I, and obviously from all of us here at the show, like we can't thank you enough for your support. And if you like what you're doing, please continue supporting us. That's the easiest way you could support us. Give us that five stars. But man, like that's amazing. 105. Question Can people take away their reviews once the review is processed? I don't want them to do that, Anthony. <laughs> I'm just wondering, I
2: think- <laughs> just wondering. Like, what if they're like, no, I don't want to give them two hundred anymore. I want to take away I,
1: I don't know if you could – I think you could give us a lower score, but I don't know if it's going to remove it. Please don't give us a lower
0: score. Why, don't do you guys this, why are you guys throwing this out there in the universe? This, you, is,
1: you're, this is bad. Andy's putting Anthony's putting some bad, bad, bad vibes in the world out there. right now. Some bad juju <laughs> right there. I don't like this. Don't do it, man. Don't do it. <laughs> um, also, uh, another really great update that uh, – we kind of hinted at earlier in the episode. Uh, we're going to South by Southwest this year. So that's another festival that we're so luck, uh, lucky to be um, accepted to, to be able to cover. So come March, um, we're going to have so many more movies to review. And literally, the week of South by Southwest is the first episode of Fal- um, uh, Falcon and the Winter Soldier and the Justice League Snyder Cut. So get ready for that week in March
0: because the movie podcast is going to be banging. Thanks for that, Daniel. And of course, we just have a bit of an update as well. Thanks to our friends over at Universal, they sent us some copies of Freaky, starring Vince Vaughn and Catherine Newton. And uh, if you're one of the lucky winners, please go ahead and check your DMs because we're just giving that copy, those giving those copies away. Um, we know it's on Halloween, we get that, but the movie just came out, so we really hope you guys enjoy it. And thank you again for entering this contest. It was a, uh, it was a lot of fun. Not contest. A giveaway contests a giveaway. are different yeah contest yeah. means you had to do something all you had to do was enter you guys it was an
1: easy job <laughs> but hopefully first of many giveaways that we'll be doing this year so again yes. yeah shout out to universal canada for giving that to us and yeah. yeah hopefully hopefully we'll have some more down the line
0: yes yes thank you again uh let's jump into the news and uh we're not going to be doing our traditional jingle because the first little uh bit of news we're starting with today it's it's definitely on the, on the sadder side of things. Christopher Plummer, chagrin star of The Sound of Music, has, has died at the age of 91. This is coming from Mike Barnes, The Hollywood Reporter. Christopher Plummer, the sophisticated star who in 2012 became the oldest actor to ever win in a, in a competitive Oscar, a just award for his seven standout decades as leading man on the stage and screen, died Friday. Was 91. A legendary performer on Broadway for the National Theatre and the Royal Shakespeare Company in England and for the Stratford Shakespeare Festival in Canada, Plummer died peacefully at his Connecticut home, ICM Partners announced. Elaine Taylor, his wife and best friend for 53 years, was by his side. Chris was an extraordinary man who deeply loved and respected his profession with the great old-fashioned manners, self-deprecating humor, and the music of words. Lou Pitt, his manager of 46 years, said in a statement, He was a national treasure who deeply relished his Canadian roots. Through his art and humanity, he touched all of our hearts, and his legendary life will endure all for for all generations to come. He will forever be with us. Man, this... Um, this was definitely a, a bit of a surprise, uh, and it it really it really shook me. If but if I can be transparent with you, man, he he lived such a long life. I'm I'm just I'm kind of happy that he's at peace right now, and uh, but I'm I'm glad that he left behind such an amazing uh, legacy. Uh, Anthony, do you wanna do you have anything to say? You want to add? Yeah, it's he's he's gonna be
2: sadly missed. Um, just overlooking his. His film catalog, he has quite a bit of movies and television shows under his belt, um, from The Sound of Music, of course, to uh, Malcolm X, The Insider, or The uh, The Insider, yes, um, Beautiful Mind. Yeah, and he's Canadian too, so it hits us a little bit more because his heritage is from where we are. Yeah, he's Christopher Plummer was one of those unique actors that could play any role character-wise, and he was always on top of his game he and he was a class act he never had any issues off screen that we've ever heard of and he just was he was important for canada as when it comes to actors being on the stage and presenting our our uh, we'll say our family out in the world of hollywood but he will
1: be um, sadly missed yeah. You know, it's 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 yeah. I mean, this this is one of those things. Or, or, or like with with him, you know, he was ninety one years old. He's lived such a an incredible life, and to be able to um, to pass with your family by your side, and to leave behind a legacy of films that he did. Um, I think you know, like uh, from sound, the the sound of music to, to Knives Out. To um, I, I think I think he was everybody's top of minds a couple years ago too. You know when. Um, when he replaced Kevin Spacey in All the Money in the Worlds, the fact that they were able to shoot with him literally in nine days and he was nominated for an Oscar for that role, um, it's amazing. It just goes to show the love that he had for the craft and wanting to uh, step in for a role that you know he wasn't originally cast for, but he was able to come in and and do do like a whole movies worth of shooting in 9 days and s- pull off an oscar nomination too like it's it's amazing i mean that's the kind of actor he was he was just such a he was such a performer he was such a loved um a a loved uh, like artist across the industry on stage on screen and um yeah he'll he'll definitely be missed because he he just so consistently great
0: yeah no I, I i totally agree guys and again i mean i'm, I'm glad that uh, it, it knives out. It it kind of feels like a swan song to his to his to his performances, you know. And man, he he's gonna be sorely missed. What what an amazing what an amazing actor. I'm, I'm so glad, and I'm I'm so glad he was Canadian. It was just that little cherry yeah. on top, you know.
1: As that uh, as uh, Harlan thromby says in Knives Out, his character, you know, leave them with a flourish, and I think he did.
0: I think so too. I think so
1: too.
0: All right, let's jump into our next story here. Ryan Coogler's Proximity Media sets exclusive television deal with the Walt Disney Company. This is coming from Marvel.com. The Walt Disney Company announced today that it has entered into a five-year overall exclusive television deal with writer-director-producer Ryan Coogler's Proximity Media with principals Zinzi Coogler, Sev Ohanian, Ludwig Gorenson, Archie Davis, and Peter Nix. Kugler, who wrote and co-directed Marvel Studios' acclaimed global smash hit Black Panther and is currently on work at the sequel, will develop a new television series, which includes one based in the Kingdom of Wakanda for Disney+. Plus. The deal also enables Proximity to develop television for other divisions of the company. Ryan Kugler is a singular storyteller whose uh, vision and range have made him one of the standout filmmakers of his generation, said Bob Iger, executive chairman of the Walt Disney Company what do you think about this?
1: I mean this is – like Ryan Coogler I think is one of my favorite directors working right now and I think this is a matter of time because you, we know he's been working on Black Panther 2. Um, Wakanda, especially like in the comic books but now in the films, is there's such a wealth of story content that you could create there. Wakanda is, is obviously um, – such a it's one of the major nations obviously in the comic book world and i think there's so many stories that you could tell within that world so i think it makes total sense like i would love for this to be like an anthology series where every episode is based on maybe a different job that's in wakanda or just a different person in wakanda like there's a lot you could do within that world without it being directly tied to the black panther and to the royal family um but i think this is really cool and and i obviously ryan coogler has a lot that he wants to to say still, and uh, the fact that he has a deal now with Disney, five years that he could do television and, and, and movies and, you know, really work on content for them. I mean, there's nobody with deeper pockets in Disney right now. And I think because where Disney has situated themselves right now, with Disney Plus and, you know, with 20th century 20th Century Studios, he can make content that could be for kids to adults and everyone in between. And um, it makes sense. Again, it's another draft pick, Ryan Coogler, somebody drafted Ryan Kugler and now he's, he's going to be in the Disney camp and that's great for him. That's awesome.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I absolutely agree. Anthony, what
2: about you? Yeah, uh, <clears throat> this is one of those uh, draft uh, draft picks that was a free agent for a bit. And it, it made sense for him to uh, sign that exclusive deal with Disney. Cause it's, you know, Black Panther being a huge success for them, um, and this is great for for everyone. Like for us as viewers, for for writers, directors that are getting these opportunities to really showcase their talent, especially with streaming services and hit all genres of media involved, like TV or movies. This is this is a huge uh, huge deal, and I'm I'm really excited to see what he uh, he produces. I know there's um, a movie coming out or a tv show wrong answer um, which i was looking at the synopsis looks really interesting a math teacher in atlanta is scandalized when he looks to get funding for his school and this is a, this is going to be a story by ryan Coogler so his stuff is on top all the time
1: mm. yeah and i mean he just recently too produced um judas, judas and the black, the black Messiah, Messiah as well yeah. Um, yeah. like that's that's awesome that he's he's being able to like be part of so much yeah he's and got such a
2: great eye disney's really focusing on diversity in their in their camp as well and this is this is a win for them for sure
0: yeah oh and uh space jam sorry i should say too yeah yeah oh yeah, yeah, yeah. i forgot i forgot that he's producing that there's an interesting one for him to produce but i'm down for it what if it's a really depressing movie what if space jam is like really intense and heavy God, if it's like Fruitvale Station, but with with, <laughs> with Bugs Bunny? Basketball? Oh God, <laughs> no! Tweety Bird is just getting. Be... Tweety Bird gets shot. No oh, man, I
1: don't like this. I don't so like
0: this. Sylvester though, he actually eats oh. Tweety, and like it's just like this Damn. dramatic like thing. Oh man, he finally gets him. The Warner Brothers is like we should have probably watched the film before we released it because that is depressing. <laughs> 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 All right, let's jump into our, our next story here, which is probably going to be one of our uh, our biggest ones right now. Golden Globe nominations for this year are finally out. Yeah, this has come from Vanity Fair. Neither pandemic nor economic crisis nor snow in Malibu could stop award season, which kicked into high gear Wednesday morning as the Golden Globes 2021 announced this year's slate of nominations. The resulting list, revealed by Sarah Jessica Parker and Taraji P. Henson, was full of quarantine favorite films and TV shows like Borat, Subsequent Movie Film, Ted Lasso, and Shits Creek, as well as a fair share of surprise nominees. Anthony what what are your thoughts so far on uh, all these uh, nominations that came out um i i was i was pretty surprised
2: with some of them there there is there's those movies that you knew they were going to get nominated like no man's land no mad land not no man's land no mad no mad land um yeah i like with i don't really with the golden globes it's always just like a meh award like i don't really Consider them the highest of the pick. And it's it's just because no one really cares about the Golden Globes other than critics. And then I don't consider myself a critic, but I don't like critics. (laughs) What? (laughs) (laughs) I'll be honest. uh, What did you
0: say? (laughs) (laughs) I just don't. I don't know. I feel like
2: there's a buy in with critics that we don't see behind the scenes. And I feel like studios kinda like push per, have like persuasion with their picks in terms of how the Golden Globes works and how they how movies yeah. are chosen. So that's kinda like my
1: But I mean that that's like that's for all award shows really. Like there's the four-year consideration uh like campaigns, like those cost so much money, right? And like that that's it takes a lot of money to get your film recognized. And, you know, sometimes there could be that film that just kinda that kind of creeps through and people recognize and vote for it. But, um, you know, I, I totally get it. It's with award shows. And I think that's been the biggest struggle or people thinking that, you know, is, are the films that are nominated, are the actors that are nominated really reflective of the past year in movies? Um, and I, and I think I'm looking at, like the one, the one that really stands out this year for me is Jared Leto in the little (laughs) things. And he was nominated for a SAG award and he was nominated for golden globe, best supporting actor. And I'm like, he's in that movie for like 10 minutes, like maybe screen time wise. And like, not that it's a bad performance, but it's just so like we said, it was like, he's good in the movie, but he's so underutilized that it's like, he didn't really leave a lasting impression. And it's just,
0: it's just so interesting to see the movies that get picked. Um, yeah, you have James Corden also being nominated for, and I I, I do not for, think he's oh a good actor God. at all. No, he is not a problem. good actor. Yeah, and he's not it's even crazy. It's not even like he was nominated for like you know a side character. No, he was nominated for best performance by an actor. So even I, sure, even Mank. Like I, I don't see how Mank, and
2: we could say yeah, well Mank was a, a tribute to old Hollywood, but it wasn't a great film. I'm sorry, like no one no one's gonna ever say ten years from now. Mank, Gary Oldman right. in Mank, no, David yeah. Fitcher's Mank. The screenwriting in Mank was fantastic. It was, but was it that great that we we're going to remember it? We we're going to read about it? We we're going to study it? No. like No. Right. no. They just and doesn't make sense.
1: Yeah. But I mean, like, that's unfortunately, like, that's just. The Oscars. Like, I w- I'm excited for us to get closer to the Oscars and to really look back. Like, we should really do an Oscar redo where we just kind of, like, go through the years and be like, what should have won or what yeah. should've, who should have won this? Because, like, you look at years past and you're like, oh, this movie won that year? It's like, yeah, but, like, sure. It just It just doesn't – like, we could pick movies that really – dominated the year and just really were top of mind for people but they just go so under the radar. Like I I I I I'm so happy to see Sasha Baron Cohen nominated. I'm so happy to see uh Chadwick Boseman nominated for like four times. Like he's the first actor ever to be nominated four times. Um f- like I think at through the SAG Awards and through the Golden Globes like that's amazing. Mm. And Aaron yeah, Sorkin I mean, for talk- the
2: Trial of Chicago 7, which I yeah. think was one of the best Movies of the year, r- r- screenwriting and directing. It was fantastic from the beginning to end.
1: Mm-hmm. Yep, um, he's there. Luckily, uh, that's that's just a great one. I, I, Palm Springs. I was so happy to see too I'm for very best happy comedy. To see that one
2: too, yeah, 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 and
1: Borat. You know, like, King that's so for cool hers news. for yeah, her. It, one
2: night in Miami. It's huge. It's her first first directorial debut, first directorial like nomination, which she'll probably get nominated for an Oscar. But that's huge. Like that's one. It's like Wayne Gretzky. You know,
0: like <laughs> the great one there. the The best director category is is a very strong one right now. We're looking at Emerald Fennel for Promising Young Woman, David Fincher for Mank, Regina King for One Night in Miami, Aaron Sorkin for The Trial of Chicago Seven, and Chloe Zhao for for Land. Like this is a strong list. Uh people are
1: like like there's a lot of uh, talk right now for Spike Lee and Delroy Lindo for <laughs> The Five Bloods that really kind of got shut out at the Golden Globes. Mm-hmm. It definitely. Did. Um, the whole cast of Minari, which we haven't seen yet, but that's a big one that like there wasn't any nominations for. Um, people are upset Meryl Streep wasn't nominated for the Prom. I think she, I think she's going to be okay. Um, I think, I think she trying. has a. I, think, I don't think I she even knows she did a... the
0: film. <laughs> she's like, I was in that. I, I did what movie? I don't know. She's not British. Yeah. But <laughs> Is in, she in British? <laughs> she's not. <laughs> she's not British at all. But I, don't, I feel yeah. like she's. She doesn't
2: even want to be nominated anymore. <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah. You know.
2: Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like it's not. F- Yes, she's a great actor, but an actress, great actress, one of the greatest actresses ever. But there's a point where she's like, I won what I needed. One, do I need to continue? Like, give it, it to I somebody give, else. Give it to someone else. Yeah. Another big one that I I was very, I just didn't understand how. I guess I don't know. Maybe because I haven't watched it yet. Was Hamilton for best musical? Because mm-hmm. Hamilton that was just a, like a video recording of the play itself. Mm-hmm. Yep, with like so that considers it a. I considered it a nomination for best musical because it was just
1: I'm, Yeah. I'm not taking anything away from Hamilton. No, I'm not either. Cuz obviously Hamilton is is amazing and, and no and, and I don't mean that you are. I'm just saying like I'll be so disappointed if it wins though. Me too. Because because it's like yeah, it's just a recording of a stage play that's been on for years and mm-hmm. yes, it deserves it's due and it has gone its due. It's like the most popular musical ever. Mm-hmm. You know, it's won a billion Tony awards and all the other awards for it like mm-hmm. I get like I feel like it's going to win at the Golden Globes, but I would just love to see you go to Palm Springs or just or or Borat. I think yeah. Borat winning a Golden Globe would be phenomenal.
0: Oh, it would be such a it'd be so It would be so poetic if if Borat won. I'm really, yeah, I'm really holding out for Palm Springs or Borat. But again, yes, no no offense to Hamilton. Great stage play, and I, I really enjoyed watching it, but... It, again, was a recording of the stage play. My mom did that to all my school plays, so I don't know if she gets an <laughs> award as well. <laughs> uh, Were you also
1: – did you also win a Tony Award as well?
0: I did. It did, yeah. It oh, was called wow. a Sony Award, and then we got sued by Sony, uh, so you know as it happens. Um, I'm also – I was actually really happy to see uh, Maria Bakalova for Borat. She was nominated for her uh, for yep. best performance by an actress, and I think that's wicked. She killed it. She, she showed up out of nowhere, and she did an absolutely phenomenal job. Yeah,
2: and Anna, Anna Taylor Joy for Queen's Gambit for the yep. series, uh, actress in the limited series, and for I'm, Emma as well for like best actress. Yeah, I'm super happy for, for Queen's Gambit being nominated. You knew it was going to be nominated, but it's, yeah, it's such a too. great show. Such a great show. I even watched I, like the setup, like the, the there's an episode on Netflix on how they did all the makeup and the costumes and all. I even watched that because it was so interesting.
0: There's this. Uh, there's a lot of conversation around um, Minari and it being nominated for Best Motion Picture, Foreign Language. But they, but from what I understand, the the director and even the studio behind it, A24, is saying like, well, it's not really a foreign language film. Yes, they're speaking in a different language, but it's still an American movie. Uh, so I'm. I again, we haven't seen it yet, so it's hard for us to say anything about it. But I'm very, very excited to watch that film.
2: Truthfully, I think it's like. With Parasite coming out and that being heavily Korean, they they don't I I don't know if it's something to do with we don't want a foreign style film, even though it's American, to be predominantly you know, winning these awards that we want more American Films to to take those, or I mean,
1: and I and I think the word isn't just American. I think it's white, to be yeah. honest with you, because like when when you see like under the foreign films, and it's like Minari, USA, and it's like what the fuck? Like what do you mean? <laughs> it's so it's so stupid. Like it's so dumb that I wasn't able to compete in other categories. It's, it's just it, it is. It's, it, a it's a very so much dumb.
0: it's a, it's like gatekeeping of, of, of white. Films, You know, like you want it to be, it has to be a a movie filled with white actors. No, once it's Korean actors and they're speaking both dialects, it automatically becomes a foreign language film. And I, and I feel like, and and I'm not, I don't think we're trying to say that foreign language films are diminished, but it almost feels like that's what Hollywood does. When they say it's foreign language, it's like, oh, it wasn't good enough to be a white film. It was just, it's a, it's a foreign language film. It's like, Um, yeah.
2: You can, you can say a lot of, like, let's say, for instance, in the States, um, you have a, a film that's heavily based on Mexican culture, uh, an immigrant coming from Mexico living in the States, but everything of that production is American-based. You know, it's like they don't recognize the people that live in their own country, in a sense, and their, the heritage of that. I just don't understand how this is considered a foreign movie. It is an American movie. It's a story of a, of a, of a Korean family living in America and becoming Americanized. I just
0: don't get that. Yeah. I'm very excited to see it. And I, and and hopefully we'll have more of a discussion on that once it comes out. Um, There was, there were other um, nominations that I was very, very pleased about. Carrie Mulligan for best actress for promising young woman. I, I'm really holding out for her. I think she did such a phenomenal job. Uh, she was she was unrecognizable to me totally. I was very happy to see Riz Ahmed getting nominated for Sound of Metal as well. We absolutely 100%. loved his performance when we watched it, and you know it's about time that he got his due for that. Anything else that you guys uh, wanted to kind of bring up from the nominations? Did you guys see that whole? I think it was with Variety that in the review
1: for Promising Young Woman, the Variety article writer said like. Basically said that Kerry Mulligan, it like Margot Robbie should have played the main character because carrie Mulligan wasn't pretty enough. Like, did you see? Like, did you see that? I think it was no, Vanity Fair. Actually, no, see that. It yeah, was it, was, it was like a yeah, it was awful. And she was like talking about it, and it was just in on her like one on one like the videos that they do. And I'm just like, man, like that's so awful. Like the whole point, like the the did they miss the whole point of the movie? I think they did. And I was just like, how how could you even like one, write that and then publish that for millions of people to see? I thought that was I just thought it was so disgusting that that was that was done. And I hope Mm -hmm. Kerry Mulligan wins and it just you know, just
0: gives the middle finger to them. <laughs> I, I was just going to say, it. I really, really hope so. Um, the best original score category as well is, is just stacked. I think it's like, it's so phenomenal. I mean, I haven't heard the score for Midnight Sky, so I can't speak on that. But uh, Little Rick for Tenet, James Udenhard for News of the World, and Trent Reznor and Atticus Ross with two nominations for Mank and Soul. That's that's what? phenomenal. Like, what's Mank doing there again? I just No, but that was a great score though. I mean, I I'll be honest that? with you. Yeah, I thought the I, Mank score was
2: really compared awesome. compared to like Soul, compared to I don't know, friggin' what else came out? Bad boys. I don't remember the score from Bad Boys, I'll be honest. Yeah, man. yeah but
1: no, but like the Bad Boys score like, was fine, but it wasn't I don't think it was award winning. I think but, like Mank started like,
2: oh, let's get thirties, let's let's you know get that beat. And it's it wasn't unique. It felt like oh, you could have went to a music library, and nothing
1: against uh, you know, at it, Mr. No, Law but but I, but I think when you Reznor. compare to like, look at like they're so um, like what they're able to accomplish. Like, look at the soul the soul score, which is like so like unique and experimental. Then you have yes. Mank, which like does something else too. I think I think Mank has a good score, but I think I think the weakest one is the Midnight Sky one. I mean, I, I think Alexander Des, uh, Despot is like great, but like. It's not a memorable score. It's not a memorable movie. So mm-hmm. I'm surprised it's there. So we yeah. talked
2: about this in our in our messaging behind the scenes. Bad Boys was <laughs> not nominated.
0: Yeah, should <laughs> it, it been. man? It to- no, it totally should have been. Like if if we're going to be honest here, it totally should have been nominated for something. Like I'll take it. I'll take best picture. But obviously, I don't expect it to win. Yeah. Where which category would it have been in? Best comedy, comedy. or best comedy drama? Sure. Drama. Cro- comedy. Comedy. I laughed more than I cried. Well,
1: <laughs> but also I'm really it's, it's happy. It's going to be a long time, man. It's going to be a long time before we start to see. As so I think, as soon I, I, anytime there's action in a movie, people are just like, "Ugh, how dare they?" Yeah, litter my drama with action. That's, how could that's, they not have a depressing cancer
2: story in the middle of it? Like, that's the thing oh. about these critics. Like that's why I don't, I don't, I don't agree with the movies. Some some of these movies they chose because critics have this look at how movies should be and
0: i just don't get it i don't yeah. i don't agree with it look the one that i'm the one that i'm most excited for and i'm praying i'm praying that it wins is uh, is ted lasso for best television series oh, 100% who else is nominated for with ted lasso uh, yeah Schitt's creek the great the flight attendant and to everyone's surprise emily in paris A lot of people (laughs) love Emily in Paris.
1: It's it's so funny because like there's somebody on Twitter who's like you know they do those viral tweets like pretending to to write a real review of it or something. Mm -hmm. Um, They uh, there was a girl who said like oh yeah like I made the show as a prank right and like and she was pretending to be the creator of the show and literally she got she put uh, articles were written about her because people didn't Google search to see if she was actually the writer of the creator of the show and like BBC tried to contact her to to interview her and stuff about like oh you made the show as a prank <laughs> it's like people are are so starved for making content sometimes that are like no that's just a, a, a silly tweet that somebody made just do a, i was just, just do a
0: quick uh, google you know yeah it was just so
1: funny seeing that this weekend
2: what about tv best tv series drama the crown lovecraft country the mandalorian ozark and ratchet
1: uh, I I feel like the crown was just season four was just so good this year, um. So I could see going to the crown, especially with like the the Princess Diana storyline. Like I think that was so good. Um, Ozark is usually a, a contender as well too, but um, I'm gonna I, we should we'll definitely do a Golden Globe prediction show. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, so we yeah, we could, yeah. could kind of go into all will, of that. We will we will dive
1: deeper for sure. When are the the Golden Globes? Are Sunday, February twenty eighth. So. We got so some uh, we got tuned. we got some planning to do for that. Do you yeah.
2: think looking at like Mandalorian being, you know, a Disney plus series on best TV series drama, come next year, do you think WandaVision is nominated? And just, just I, right? I, because I can't see another other than Succession, which is supposed to be coming out, and Euphoria, I can't see another T V drama series that's that good when it comes to directing, written, all that stuff.
1: But I mean, would it be under that? I'm assuming Wandavision would be put in the comedy category, which is, which is interesting, um, because it is it's a funny show, but there's also so a lot of drama and action that's gonna we're going to see. But um, I I think Elizabeth Olsen's acting is so great throughout all of Wandavision, and it'll be a crime if she's not nominated for anything next year. A crime, I say, a crime. The Mandalorian is on both houses.
2: Mandalorian has baby Gogru. Grogu, yeah.
1: Grogu. <laughs> yeah,
0: and you're saying he's he's funny. He's funny looking. Wow, that's <laughs> that is offensive. Maybe racist Rated, too. That racist. <laughs> but he's funny looking. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Like, Anthony, no, just, just don't tell anybody that they look funny looking. They won't like it. Especially Grogu. will he'll eat you. That's his power. I will. He he turns into like this <laughs> giant monster. Just eats Anthony first. Um, all right, yeah, we'll, de- we'll definitely get into the Golden Globes closer to the date. We'll definitely have more of a you know prediction episode, so stay tuned for that one. Some quick updates before we jump over to trailers. We've got Marvel's Blade movie finds its writer in Watchmen scribe Stacey osei Kufur. And MGM sets Lovecraft Country's Misha Green to write and direct the next Tomb Raider, with Alicia Vikander reprising as Lara Croft. I feel like you have been hearing about the next Tomb Raider since the last Tomb Raider, so I'm surprised it's taking this long to finally get out. But I, I'm I'm hopeful for it. I I had a, we had a good time with the first Tomb Raider. Uh, Alicia Vikander did a great job, and it was it was a great revival. It's funny. The other night I was actually watching uh, Angelina Jolie's Tomb Raider, and I was like, huh. This is this is going to be interesting. It's also interesting in that film that Angelina Jolie has a British accent, but Daniel Craig is trying to do an American accent, and it's going horribly. Uh, very <laughs> very interesting. Who
1: plays? And Tumer better... turns uh, twenty five years old this year too. Oh wow, that's crazy. Who plays a better uh,
0: Laura Croft? But see, the thing is, they're both playing different Laura Crofts. Like if you look at the revival games that came out in twenty what twelve was it? or 20, 2013 2013 sorry um th- th- that Lara Croft is so different from the 90s Lara Croft and she's a bit more mature and like uh you know she has a vulnerability and Alyssa Vikander I think captured that so well but if you look at the old school Lara Croft games Angelina Jolie she's iconic for that she it almost feels like the game was modeled after her
2: right but i i asked you which one's better
0: oh what <laughs> I mean, we've only seen one with Alicia Vikander, so I'm gonna have to give it to to Angelina Jolie because she had two films, and she, I mean, like it was a it was phenomenal. She she did great. I got can I tell the audience my story of Blade.
2: What I thought. Okay. I'd uh, tell her. So I was talking. Yeah. <laughs> so I was talking to Daniel the other day. I'm like, man, you know, this whole Army Hammer thing is so weird, but it, I I think I saw an article that he's like the main villain in Blade, and Daniel's like, "Mm, I don't think, uh, I don't think I heard about that. Where'd you see that? I'm like, what do you mean? There, there was a story of Army Hammer being the main villain in Blade, and he's like, no, dude, it never, ever, ever happened. (laughs) And I'm like, did I dream that Army Hammer? Because of the whole story of the cannibal and you know crushing bones, eating hearts, Blade
1: was going to be fighting a cannibal in his
2: his movie, like he was the villain and it just made sense because he was a villain outside the world of Blade.
1: (laughs) Oh God. It's a very weird situation with Army Hammer right now, especially with, uh, you know, he just got dropped by his publicist and his, his, uh, I guess his, uh, management team and everything like that. So yeah, it's, it's a very weird, weird situation.
2: Yeah. So he is not the villain of
1: Blade, even though
2: it makes sense now to be the villain of Blade because he is, you know, a little, who
0: knows. (laughs) All right, man, if you say so. Uh, Let's jump into trailers. 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 Ah. So in the last two weeks, we got a lot of trailers that came in. We have the Underground Railroad. We have Raya and the Last Dragon coming to America. The Mighty Ducks, Game Changers, Crisis, The Courier, and uh, that's it. Yeah. What do you guys uh, – anything really stand out to you guys from uh, this these last two weeks of trailers?
1: I think the uh, – like we we already saw it at Disney Investor Day, but I'm really hopeful. My fingers are crossed for the Mighty Ducks, Game Changers because, you know, like, like all of us, like growing up in the 90s and 2000s, like the Mighty Ducks were one of my favorite hockey teams and obviously because mm-hmm. of the movies – um, they were so fun to watch and I, I just hope this is good and it's nice to see Emilio Estevez acting again. So that's definitely uh, the trailer I hope uh, and the show that I hope is uh, gets some good uh, traction.
2: Yeah, no, I agree with you. For me, I would say The Mighty Ducks and that's just for nostalgic reasons. I want to see where they go with the story. And it's a Disney Plus TV show that <clears throat> they'll have reoccurring episodes and something to watch every week. But yeah, that's for me. That that was it. I'm I'm more curious to see what happens uh, for the Super Bowl trailers. If anything, I know. yeah, it's, in
1: it's, the been it's been quiet. It's been quiet this year for for movies.
0: I mean, I'm I'm hopeful we get something about the Matrix because HBO Max has dropped like two or three, you know, film teases so far about all their other films. But it always ends on the Matrix title card, uh, which we finally got a name for recently, which is the Matrix Resurrection. So I'm hoping that that's a good sign that we'll maybe get a trailer. I don't know. I, I hope. Let's just say. But I, I'm I'm with, I'm with you guys on the Mighty Ducks Game Changers. I'm really I'm really excited for that one. Uh, I I really enjoy coming to America the the original one. So I'm excited for part two, but I'm also nervous. I'm really hoping this is Eddie Murphy kind of like back in his you know groove of things. But uh, but let's see. Let's see. Uh,
1: Rebecca let's ju- Rubin over at uh, sorry Shay. No no go ahead um, go ahead. Rebecca Rubin over at Variety, who we read her stories all the time. Um, she was uh, she wrote an article saying, "Yeah, don't expect too many movie trailers this year at the uh, at the Super Bowl." So, yeah, I'm not surprised with with everybody's release dates being kind of up in the air right now. I could I could see a lot of studios maybe just holding back and just kind of waiting to see what happens.
0: Yeah, yeah, no, I I um, I I feel like that's what's going to be the case here. Uh, let's jump into what's out this week. So we have Land. This is uh, Robin Wright's directorial debut for a feature-length film, and she's also starring in it. Then we, and have, we have a review of it, too. And we have a review of it, of, of it as well. Then we have Judas and the Black Messiah. This is a film that we we couldn't stop gushing over during our review, so please give that one a listen as well. Uh That both these films so far will be available on PVOD, and if you're in the states, you'll be able to watch Judas and the Black Messiah on HBO Max. Then we have French Exit. Is this the one with Michelle Pfeiffer?
1: Yes, it is. And um, uh, what's his face from mid '90s and uh, Boy Erased and Manchester by the Sea? Lucas Hedges.
0: Lucas Hedges. Okay. Yeah, yeah, oh, I love Lucas Hedges. He's great, and of course, then we have Minari, which I think is also going to be PVOD. I know if you're in the states right now, they also are having virtual screenings for Minari, so you can sign up for that. I believe it's twenty dollars a ticket. Um, very cool. I mean, I'm I re- I really like that release strategy. It kind of it's very similar to how I guess Sundance was, and it's something that I'd totally do if we had the opportunity in Canada to do it. All right, let's jump into what we're watching. I'm going to start at the top of the list, but then the middle, and then I'm going to go back to the top with Anthony. Anthony, what did you watch?
2: Well, I've been watching quite a bit for the past two weeks. Uh, I started off, not last week, but the following week with Night Stalker, which is a a Netflix documentary on serial killer Richard Ramirez, and it's an episodic uh, documentary. So there's, I think, four or five episodes, and it really focuses on um, the serial killer, and the the unique part of this documentary is they they have both detectives who solve this crime, and you know the the mass murders that were happening in the eighties, and they get their 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 whole breakdown of what they did to catch this guy, and it's all set. It has like an eighties tone to it. It looks really really good. They re they have crime scene footage. They have Old footage from you know news reports. It's so well done. Again, Netflix killing it with those documentary um, shows and really making it interesting to watch and not boring like some other documentaries that you might see. But um, if you're interested in in seeing how they caught um, the Richard Ramirez and where he how he ended up and all the, all the other things that uh, that took place in this uh, case, I would encourage you to watch it. I've also been watching the first two episodes of Euphoria. So they're kind of like the prologues to the second season. So there's one episode on Rue and the other episode is on Jules. Again, fantastic. It all takes place in, well, it's very similar to Malcolm and Marie, where it's all taking place in one setting. Uh, Rue Rue's episode was really, really good because it dives into drug addiction and um, just life things that are happening in the world at the moment and it takes place in a ca- in a diner with her AA sponsor and they have a really really great discussion. So if you're a fan of Euphoria, I encourage you to watch that. Um I care a lot which we have a review for. I also put on C just because I wanted to just rewatch See, because I felt the first time I watched it, it didn't it didn't click in, or maybe I was just too distracted. So I put it on again, and man, C is probably the best looking television show ever made, because it doesn't involve you know huge amounts of CG. Everything that you're watching is natural lighting, and there's no filters on it. It's raw. It, it feels like you're watching like raw 4K Dolby Vision. Uh, film and it's fantastic. The story, the story is a little, well, it's a little out there, but visually, it's probably the best looking t- television show I've ever seen. It's some, probably the best looking content I've ever seen um, on my TV. Coda, I put on Coda. I watched it at Sundance. Really enjoyed it. I know you guys did a review. We have a re- review, of a, review of it up on our channel. Um I really enjoyed it. I I thought that was I'm really happy that it won best um, best picture at Sundance or critics choice or whatever they call it.
1: And now Apple's going to have it too. So yeah, another Apple, one for Apple, Apple Studios. It,
2: so I'm I'm really digging that. Um, one for the Road was another Sundance film. I finished watching Tiger Doc. So this the second episode, really loved it. HBO did an amazing job with Tiger Woods. Snowpiercer season 2 started up again so I I watched Snowpiercer um the first two episodes. I I dig this whole idea of Snowpiercer and it makes sense to happen to watch it during the winter time just because Snowpiercer takes place in a iced world. So it just just the the idea of like what we're what we're going through right now with the weather here in Canada and and what they're going through it's just like it makes sense but also, like, the storyline of everything that's happening on this train, classism, um, ry- uprising, revolutions, and it also makes you feel cozy. I don't know why, but Snowpiercer makes you feel cozy because it's taking place in this narrow, compact set during the winter. So, you know, you, you put it on, you put on a hoodie, you put on a blanket and you watch it and you just feel good. Uh, watch Street Gang, how we got to Sesame Street, another Sundance film. Uh, Sparks Brothers, Land, Prisoners of the Ghost Land, all Sundance movies, Judas and the Black Messiah, Malcolm and Marie, WandaVision, and The Great, which I just started watching two days ago, which I'm really enjoying. It is uh, a period piece that has more modern comedy in it, and it stars uh, Ella Fanning and Nicholas Holt, Nicholas Holt being the Emperor of Russia and Ella Fanning being chosen as his wife Ella Fanny, has this uh, idea of what this emperor is. And she's like, kind of like trying to envision how she would be this empress and has all these dreams. And the moment she meets uh, Nicholas's character, whose name is Peter, it all goes down the drain. Peter's a reckless emperor. He has sex with anyone he wants. He kills anyone he wants. He, he belittles people. And it's just like, oh, I don't want to live with this person anymore. I don't want him to be my husband, but I have this destiny of doing something great. So she plots against him like a coup. So really, really funny. It is created by the Thomas McNamara, who is the creator of The Favourite. So if you're a fan of The Favourite, which was, I think it was like Oscar nominated.
1: Yeah, Olivia Coleman won her Oscar for that.
2: Yeah, he wrote he wrote The Favorite. It was directed by Yorgos Lanthimos. So you probably remember it back in 20 2018. Really really funny. I think you guys like Daniel Shea, you guys would enjoy it too because it's it's Us? A, Yeah. Oh, thanks man. It's they're a great the great. Yeah, it's a period piece, but it has modern comedy in it. So, it's not like a period piece where it's just very out there. It's just very, very funny, very witty. It's British humor as well, so um, I think you guys
0: would like it like that. And that's it. That's all I watched. That's awesome. That's a that's a great list, Daniel. What about yourself?
1: Um, so yeah, like like Anthony said, we watch a lot of films at Sundance. So um, I won't go through them individually, but I will shout out the ones that uh, we didn't do reviews for. So I did get to watch how it ends. And together, together. How It Ends is a film basically about uh, this. the world is ending. A big meteor is coming to hit the world. And because of this, I, they basically explain it in the movie that like everybody's sentences are very heightened. And now she sees like her younger self. And her and her younger self go on this adventure to kind of make peace with everybody um, and get to this party before the world ends. But it's such an L.A. movie. It's such like a... It's such like... like there's just like... I hate using the word pretentiousness to it, but it's just like this, like, oh, let me just go around L.A. and walk around these L.A. streets during the pandemic and bring in some of my uh, celebrity friends. So there's a lot of cameos from different people in Hollywood, a couple of cameos from Always Sunny, like from Glenn Howerton and Charlie Day. And um, it's cool seeing them and stuff like that. I just I like I dig the concept of this movie. I just wish it wasn't so just um, up its ass sometimes as for lack of a better phrase, it just, you just kind of just, it just feels like it's trying to say something deeper when, when it feels kind of shallow. Um, I also watched together together, which stars Ed Helms. Um, and I'm blanking on the other actor's name. Sorry, just gonna be a second here. Um, it's Ed Helms and uh, Patty Harris, uh, Patty Harrison. Um, so basically Ed Helms is like a single guy and he wants to, um, basically have a, a a surrogate carry his baby and you kind of see kind of the adventures that they go on in this. Yeah, it was a cute movie. I really dug it. Um, I thought the ending was a little abrupt, but overall it was a good story. Uh, we spoke so much already about WandaVision this week. Please listen to our review episode um, and Judas and the Black Messiah. And because um, kind of going back a week and a half ago, uh, I was looking for something to watch on Netflix. I put on Only the Brave, which is... Um, a movie starring Miles Teller um, and Josh Brolin. And it's directed by um, Joseph um, Kaczynski, um, who you'll know from directing films like Oblivion and uh, Tron Legacy. And he's directing the upcoming uh, Top Gun Maverick, of course, as well, too. Um, was really enjoying it. It's basically about this team of like kind of like firefighters who fight forest fires. And it was just really, really well done. And, um, you know, Joseph has like this background in visual effects as well, so all the effects in his movies are done so well, and just the way the the way the forest fires look in this, I'm like, oh my god, that looks so real. Um, so I do definitely recommend checking it out. Um, I also watched Calls, Kong Skull Island because you know the Godzilla versus King Kong trailer dropped, so we had to we had to watch that, and of course it's it's such a great movie directed by Jon Voight Roberts, and uh, because I guess spoiler warning for Wandavision, if you haven't watched it by this point, which I hope you have. Um, because of the ending of WandaVision season episode five, I put on X Men Days of Future Past just because I wanted to see Evan Peters as Quicksilver, and that was my week. Yeah, that's
0: awesome! Great, uh, great list, Daniel. Take us home, Shay. Oh, I will take you guys home. Hop on my broomstick. I don't know why. I'm Country on a broomstick, roads, though. you know. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah. I also watched Kong's Kong, Kong Skull after that uh, trailer drop for you know Godzilla versus Kong. Uh then we have all the the Sundance films. I also have I Care A Lot in there too. I started watching the Undoing. I got to episode three of Undoing and I kind of stopped caring. Um I'm not too sure if it's because I kind of can figure out what's gonna happen at the end, and it feels like a lot of the mystery that the first two episodes set up is gone for me. Maybe I'll go back and finish it, but I was talking to a can bunch of you- people. Sorry, go ahead. No, no, you're talking to other people? I was talking to people who have have watched the show, and they kind of uh, gave me the same sentiment that around episode three is when they either kind of gave up or they continued to watch, and then were like, okay, that was okay, and, you know. So I'll go back and maybe finish it. I know, Daniel, you have, uh, but sorry, you you wanted to say something?
1: No, no, I yeah, I was going to say, do you? who do you think did it?
0: Yeah, I I want to know. I I think he did it. Who did it? He, uh, Mr., um, Mr. British, I forgot his name. Wrong. Oh, I, right? I was, yeah.
1: Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. Oh, i just curious. I was just curious. Yeah, I was just curious.
0: Yeah. I just don't know why you guys are yelling at me. Well, I mean, you, you like,
1: just gotta, you just gotta speak up, son. You know, it's just you, <laughs> could, you could just finish watching. You guys,
0: it, you, know? you guys sound like the killer right now. I'll be honest with you. Like, I think <laughs> you guys did it. I think you should watch it, Shay. I think you should watch it. I know. I, I definitely will. I definitely it just again, like, it was only because. It felt like the mystery kind of went away from me. Um, I, I was thinking about another show, uh, The Night Of, that was also HBO. And what I loved about that show was the mystery of the murder really – it was really throughout the whole show. And it was until like the last episode that you really started to go like, oh my god, I think I'm kind of figuring this out. And maybe with The right. Undoing, I'm totally wrong as well. But there was something about that episode that kind of just – I don't know. It made me lose interest. So right. I'll definitely go but back I, But and check I also it think – I, I also think the rest of the show
1: I don't think it's so much about like this sh- it's not a, it's not it's not like a murder mystery show mm-hmm. but it's 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 just more just like seeing what the family's dealing with and stuff like that so
0: mm-hmm.
1: I mean yeah try it out like keep keep going and if it's not for you it's not for you but yeah
0: yeah all right and then i I watched old school because it's been forever since I've watched that movie and man it it was so funny. Todd Phillips just, just kills me in this movie. He did such a great job in the writing and the and the directing of this film. So, huge shout out to that. Obviously, we watched The Little Things. Our review for that is up. I also went back and watched Hot Tub Time Machine. I was in a really – I think with all the dramatic films that we were watching at Sundance, I needed to balance it out with some comedy. So, that's why I got old school in there. I've got Hot Tub Time Machine. I've got Step Brothers as well. Uh, WandaVision, of course, that we watched. Uh, and then I started watching Superstore, and I think I'm almost done Season 3. Oh, yeah, Superstore. I forgot to put that on my list. Yeah, and know you started watching that as well. And, uh, yeah, then the rest of yeah, it is just, pretty <laughs> much just all uh, Sundance, which uh, we have all of our reviews up for that. So
1: Yeah, yeah. I totally forgot about Superstore. Yeah, I've been like the hell out of that show like i'm i literally started i think a week on our last episode because we were off last week so two weeks ago and i'm like basically caught up to where it is on tv now it's crazy
0: yeah i started watching it on amazon prime and then i saw that it was available on netflix after and i was like okay well i'll just switch over to netflix it's a lot easier of an experience i think on netflix amazon is it still prime. on amazon I, I honestly, I'm not too confident. I I, I want to say yes, at least in Canada. But uh, Amazon Prime, as great of a selection of movies and television shows they have, the app experience is still horrible. So, I if I if I can, I will watch on Netflix instead.
1: Yeah, I, I hope they would. Um, I I would love for for Prime just to get a total redesign of their app because it's it's very. Uh, cumbersome to use very
0: very very cumbersome to use
1: all right well that, that uh, superstore so sorry just superstore is on uh prime still that's awesome
0: okay yeah. cool yeah i know they also added uh parks and recreation back to netflix as well so if you're a big fan of the office uh and i guess technically superstore as well i, I definitely recommend watching parks and rec as well great show very very good show um so yeah that was that was this episode of the movie podcast. You know, thank you again guys for joining us. Of course, want to give us everybody a huge shout out so far for giving us some five-star reviews on Apple Podcasts. Whenever you get a chance, please go ahead, grab your sister's phone, grab your brother's phone, grab a, a random person on the street. Just <laughs> grab their phone out of their hand if they're walking near you, just snatch their phone. Go into the podcast app. Make sure it's an iPhone, or because they won't have Apple Podcasts on an Android. Make sure it's an iPhone. Grab their phone, open it up. Go ahead, give us five stars, and then give them back their phone, and you know, thank them for not calling the cops on you, because uh, obviously that would suck. Or you could run away with their phone. You, I don't condone that. I do not condone stealing. I condone I feel like that's borrowing. What you I, I condone do. it. I condone it for you. So you, you have condone you have my stealing. Permission.
1: Uh, stealing the phone to give us five stars no no no. you can borrow it
0: but don't steal it
1: like, but if you, you already have the phone it, in your hand you gotta run away from because they're gonna you know, chase listen, you all i'm saying is steal it without their permission or with their permission <laughs> just say <laughs> why steal your phone and then you give it and then you throw it back at them and then you sanitize your hands after
0: and it works better this way if you don't wear a mask because and then honestly they'll they'll think you're a crazy person
1: Yeah, and you say a lot of you pronounce a lot of words with a letter H in them, so you're just like, "Ah, and you just uh, just breathe on them. That's I feel bad.
0: I feel bad for your mic right now.
1: Oh yeah, my mic is (laughs) upset.
0: (laughs) Uh, Again, thank you so much, guys, and of course, please head on over to at the movie podcast on any of our social media services like Twitter and Instagram, and have a conversation with us there. Let us know how you think. Let us know what you thought of our reviews for Sundance, and it once. South by Southwest drops its list of films. Let us know what you're excited about seeing and let us know what you want us to cover because we would, because now that we're going to be there, we'd love to kind of get your input on that as well. Of course, that was this time with the movie podcast. And we'll see you next.